Hello and welcome to We Read This Last Night, a show about stuff that we only have surface level knowledge on, but we essentially just read about it last night. Our topic for today is the occult. Do you believe in the devil? Uh, not really. Like there's this quote by uh, the founder of the Satanic Church, which is Satan has been the best friend of the church, as he has kept it in business all these years. So I think that's essentially it. Yeah, I agree with that so hard. Like the idea of Satan just makes it convenient for uh, religion to blame human misgivings on. Yeah, and it's like, see, most of the time it's like if if you want to show that someone is exceptionally good, you show it in contrast to something which is exceptionally bad. You know, that's how. Yeah. Even yeah. if even if you look at it fr- from a day-to-day perspective. Most of the people we consider nice aren't really nice. They're just decent people. It's just that there's so much negativity in the world that our standard has lowered, and we consider yeah. consider those people to be good. You need the bad to make the good look better than it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the origins of the devil for a second. Like, uh, it's interesting to note that. Uh, in the Old Testament or like the Hebrew Bible, there was actually no mention of Satan whatsoever. Like there was only God, and Satan was just used as a word. Like Satan meant uh, Satan in Hebrew meant uh, an evil adversary or like an accuser or something. But it was never used in the context of like the Satan as we know him. So it wasn't an actual person. It was just this idea. Yeah, not an idea, but it was just a it was just a noun. It didn't. It didn't represent the evil image of Satan as we know him today. Okay, so it was just a common noun. It wasn't directed at a specific figure. Yeah, it was just an adjective used to describe a person. Yeah, so when the Babylonian Empire attacked Israel, I think it was in the 5th century BC, that's when a lot of uh, Jews were forced to move to Babylonia. They were taken as prisoners of war. But then uh, the Archimedes Empire attacked the Babylonians, and then they told the Jews that they were free to go home. So they went back to Israel, and then there was a lot of Persian influence at that time on the Jews. And at the time, the Persians weren't Muslim because obviously Islam hadn't originated yet, but they were Zoroastrians. So Zoroastrians have this idea of uh, a dual entity, like there's two spirits, a good one and the evil one. And they're at constant battle with each other. So the duality of a man. Duality of a man, yeah. <laughs> so there's a common theory that uh, the Jews just picked up this idea of good versus evil, and they added it to their own uh, uh, Judeo-Christian iconography. And that's how this modern Satan, as we know him, was born. And that's why he came around in the New Testament as, you know, the entity who... Uh, uh, manipulated Judas into deceiving Christ or the serpent in the Garden of Eden, all of that. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But then also, um, there's this quote, I think it was by Lewis Carroll. Uh-huh. It, was, it was something like, it was either C.S. Lewis or Lewis Carroll. And it was something like, in the past, like the past thousand years, who has worshipped for the devil? Like who? Who is the person who has 
worshipped for the one person who needs it the most you know how christians talk a lot about forgiveness and how we need to pray yeah. for each other and how they yeah, for people of covenants yeah who who prayed for satan wow that is pretty sad yeah because like if you look at it from the beginning lucifer was one of you know god's angels uh-huh yeah the whole fallen angel thing yeah yeah it's pretty i don't know a double standard exists like that's all i'm saying yeah but if lewis carroll said that then bowl votes for someone who had a crush on his cousin <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah but satan exists in almost uh i mean it, it he does exist in all abrahamic religions like even in uh, islam he's known as iblis like iblis is like the direct uh, islamic version of lucifer and uh, in the quran when god created adam out of uh, mud and I, i don't know fire and wind i don't know what he created adam out of but then he commanded all the i think it's the same story in the bible and the quran but he commanded all the angels to bow down to him and uh, iblis was the only one who didn't do that and therefore he was cast out of heaven yeah i mean like i don't think such a figure exists in uh, hinduism you know like a singular figure doesn't exist but then every religion has this notion of good and bad so like we have rakshas which are you know demons yeah, we I mean, don't have a singular yeah, figure yeah a singular image of someone who is bad yeah but then yeah like good versus evil is just a tale as old as time so that pretty much exists in every culture i think yeah in in abrahamic religions we just have a personification of that with satan yeah you're right also ironically like some of the early christians like after christ died uh, the number of christians was very less they were essentially just viewed as another sect of the jews but the romans uh, persecuted a lot of christians on the grounds that they practice witchcraft which is funny one term which is very closely associated with occultism in you know modern pop culture so as to say is witchcraft you know even though they might not necessarily be related but they're used in close association with each other so what do you think is the first um you know the first major event related to witchcraft i think the two main uh witchcraft events are the hungarian witch trial and the salem witch trial so the salem witch trial occurred in uh like colonial uh, america this was before the us gained its independence it was when it was still british colonies so uh it happened in like the late 1600s it first started with uh like in salem village okay so the reverend of salem village uh his daughter and his niece both of them started experiencing uh something of what in modern terms we would call an epileptic seizure and they accused a bunch of people and then a lot of other people also experienced somewhat similar signs and then they accused a bunch of people and uh at first three women were accused and the interesting thing to note is that all three of them were like somewhat societally marginalized like one of them was obviously a native american woman so she became the obvious naturally not native american she was like south american or something but basically she was yeah she wasn't white and 
she became the obvious scapegoat. She was like a servant who used to work for the reverend. And then the other two women were, one of them was not very religious. So naturally she became a target as well. And the other one was just a poor woman that people used to gossip about a lot. So these three poor women were put on trial. And then it just evolved into this case of mass hysteria. Like just people accusing each other out in the open at like random trials. So there would be a court hearing and one person would uh, say that if there is a witch in the room, then that person sitting over there will do something weird. And then that victim would also start like, I don't know, like dancing around weirdly. And they would be like, oh shit, there's a witch in the room. And so on. It was just a very weird time in history. I read this thing where it was like, so three women were accused right in the beginning. Yeah. And I think it was the caretaker. So she, she was accused and then she was given a choice that she could either die or she could tell the court who like the other witches were. No, and the live. caretaker was the Native American woman. And she's yeah. actually known to have confessed, but many people say that she confessed under pressure. No, she, she, she confessed like, this is what I remember. I might be incorrect, but what I remember was that she did confess, but then she was given a choice that she could either die or she could tell the court who the other witches were and live. So she accused these random women and according to the court that the caretaker was a witch, but she was left to live free. But these two women that she had accused, they were killed. Yeah, that's how she survived till the end. She, she didn't get hung, but uh, it was okay till it was a case of just people accusing each other, but then it actually uh, progressed into like people getting executed and hanged. So that was yeah, it. That's a very common misconception. People just associate Salem witch trials with like public burnings, but that didn't happen in Salem. That happened. Yeah, in the Europe. burning was the Hungarian witch trials. Even I originally thought it was like you just assume witch trials it's people getting burned, but they actually got hanged instead. Except in one case, what we uh, assume, like even in written texts and in pop culture, whenever you see the witch trials, they always show the witches getting burned, yeah. even though that's factually incorrect. I mean, women did mostly get born, like in England, for example, for crimes, men were mostly beheaded and women were born. Being born alive is the, like, it's scientifically the most painful way to die. Yeah, definitely. It has to be. And, but yeah, in the case of the Salem Israel, most of the people were hanged, except in one case. So there was this guy called uh, Giles Corey, and he was actually pressed to death, which is like, just putting a bunch of stones on the person until they suffocate under its weight. A narcally moment. <laughs> but yeah, the sad part about that is that uh, in cases like that, you can either confess, and the problem is that if you confess, uh, then the government seizes your property and your kids won't get to inherit it if you're because if you're confessing it's basically admitting that you're guilty but if you don't confess and die first and that doesn't happen so a lot of people who were pressed to death did not confess to doing it and then they would just give up under the weight and Giles Corey did that as well and he actually got pressed to death instead of being given a more merciful form of execution that's horrible that's genuinely horrible and you know it's it's not just you know, random people being accused. It was like, at that time, maybe not in America, but definitely in Europe, it was like, 
women were seen as uh, secondary creatures you know compared to men yeah. and so women who were educated and smart they would be the ones who were accused of being witches because there was no way a woman yeah. could be that smart it's like hey this woman can do basic maths obviously she's a witch <laughs> a fun fact about that the vikings believed that uh, math was witchcraft and so they made their women do it they didn't kill the women they just made their women do it because it was witchcraft according to them also vikings yeah and speaking of you know women being accused of being witches just because of the um, merit so as to say uh, joan of arc oh uh-huh, yeah so joan of arc was this french peasant girl who had a dream in which a saint came to her and this was when uh, france had a war against england which yeah, was losing pretty badly and so uh, she went up to the king and she told him it was just pretty badly france was getting their ass kicked <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much yeah so she went up to the king and she told him about her dream as one does and a normal king would have just dismissed her i don't know like who the fuck is going to entertain that shit though he had But, like a test for her so she came into his court and uh, she had no idea what the king looked like obviously and the king like disguised himself as one of the nobles but she still somehow knew who the who the actual king was and that's why he was impressed I don't know about that part, but yeah, bottom liners. He must have been pretty desperate because he gave her a troop of men to lead, and so she went and she won. Like she won a territory, and then the next, and then the next, and so she was pretty successful until the English captured her, and they tried her, right? And she was uh, so it was basically. the court in which she was tried was headed by the church and so she was accused of heresy and cross dressing cross dressing was just so weird because literally the only she only thing she did was wear armor yeah but did the pope wear the nighty <laughs> yeah <laughs> who is he to say anything about cross dressing Yeah that's the thing the problem in these times was with the laws and with the justice system not to say the justice system is efficient even now but like especially then uh and in the Salem witch trials thing obviously at that time uh the US wasn't a thing yet so there weren't proper laws and constitutions but they had this thing called the Puritan Legal Code which obviously has religious foundation because why not so in that there was this thing called the hierarchy of crimes and basically the first three crimes were like idolatry and witchcraft obviously and blasphemy and then there was murder murder was literally fourth priority <laughs> they had their priorities so fucked imagine thinking that i don't know just saying something like god sucks is more grave of a sin than murder Yeah, but then religion has been used throughout history just to enslave people. That's a whole other argument, but you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the Salem witch trials are definitely interesting, not just from the point of view of how absolutely fucked they were, but it's just an interesting case of mass hysteria, like all these people just going crazy and blaming each other, and there's no real. Uh, 
proof of why that happened. Some people are like, oh, it's just colonial America and they were bored and they wanted some action in their life. So just, they just started blaming around the people of witchcraft. Some people say it had something to do with psychology, like mass psychological condition. But yeah, there are varied theories about what exactly happened, but it's definitely crazy. Yeah, but like the first uh, idea of witches, I think it even predates that. Like we're talking about the 17th century right now, but I think it predates that because like uh, if you look at Russia or like Eastern Europe, uh-huh. there was this really famous mythological figure called Baba Yaga, who was like really, really famous in these areas like Ukraine and uh, Russia. So like, so basically she was the stereotypical fairy tale witch, you know, like the one who eats children. Not and, yeah, so her description is a shriveled old lady who eats kids. Her house has chicken feet. It is decorated with the skulls of the children. She can feed or chicken feet, like the feet of chicken, the feet of chicken. Like oh. that's, that's the base of her house. Sounds yeah. like a cool person. Yeah, the skulls of the children she ate. Um, she uses those skulls as lanterns. Um, <laughs> do you want to know how she travels? On a broomstick, I assume. No. She how sits in a mortar and uses the pestle to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was bad. making this up. But yeah, that is the classic stereotype of a witch, except the pestle and mortar part but yeah yeah, witches like witches still exist in some parts of like the same ones that believed in the baba yaga thing uh like romania and stuff there's still witches who exist and they they have like contracts so they would ask you like if you had some work you wanted to get done you would just ask a witch to cast a spell for you like whatever be it a love spell or a money spell or something and then you would pay them for it. Like I watched this, I think it was a Vice documentary, but it was about witches in Romania. And then this old witch, she's just going around like, you know, uh, getting money in like her PayPal account and stuff for, for performing spells, it's so funny. Yeah, it's generally the funniest thing ever. Yeah, the, the concept of witches in the modern times is like pretty absurd, but then they do exist, you know? Uh, if the magic works or not is a very subjective question, but then the people who practice or try to practice it still exists. Like there's this place in Oman called Salala and there's a town in Salala. So basically that town was famous for witchcraft and, um, like the people just used to perform witchcraft to benefit themselves. They never tried to hurt anyone else. And all of them practice witchcraft, you know, to increase their produce and stuff. And they all lived happily, but you know how people are. So they got greedy and they wanted to, um, you know, harm others. Like I want more produce, but I don't want my neighbor to have any produce. Like I want his crops to fail, Uh that kind of a thing. And so uh, they just started practicing black magic on each other and it got really ugly and so the mayor of the town he got like really uh pissed slash brokenhearted because this wasn't the place that he built so like one night he just cast this spell on the entire village or the entire town 
and in the morning all the houses were upside down and everyone died like no one existed there anymore holy shit this happened in salalo yeah yeah there's a lot of weird witchcraft stories concerning oman like even in anzwa and behla like those two places like uh they're just known for like weird shit like my dad had an accident over there like in that area and like he would drive from anzwa through behla like daily and he had a lot of weird experiences in that part so yeah yeah and like I... even when like that accident thing happened it was so weird like there was no reason for it to happen like his his car just like flipped sideways inexplicably i don't i still don't know how it happened yeah and i found out about this recently but you know how like um if there's a sh- shoe tied to the telephone wire at a street corner that's where you can get drugs i've never heard of that <laughs> okay so in the us it's like if you know how telephone wires go overhead right uh-huh. so if there's a shoe tied to the telephone wires by its laces then you you can buy drugs at that street corner that's what it's supposed to signify uh huh so in india if you find like broken bangles at the roadside someone performed witchcraft there yeah yeah wow but why broken bangles they have to break it after it's like it's a ritual kind of thing sure that's that's absolutely creepy yeah it's scary because like i found out about this and then i remembered all the times i've walked past broken bangles without thinking anything of it well i'm definitely scared now yeah also talking about modern witches uh there's a religion called vecca it's classified as like a neo pagan religion the tiktok religion the t- <laughs> yeah the tiktok slash pinterest religion but yeah apart from that vecca is actually a pretty like big religion it's it's the biggest pagan religion in the world at the moment it has like s- several hundreds of thousands of followers so vecca was basically started by the uh, dude called gerald gardner so he uh was really interested in witchcraft and the occult and he actually went to britain and got uh and he met alistair crowley and crowley indoctrinated him into his church but uh he was buddies with this other researcher and she basically had this theory that uh, the modern witches who ex- like there are there were witches who existed in europe in western europe not eastern europe and they were a continuation of the pagan witches that existed before christianity and there's no real proof for that uh, statement and that it's been debunked by a number of people but anyway wicca was founded on the premise that it was just a continuation of uh, pre christian pagan witches and wiccans call themselves witches but they've like reclaimed the term in a positive light mm-hmm. yeah that and they believe in magic and stuff but uh, their their entire philosophy is do no harm so you can do yeah. whatever you want uh, unless if you're harming someone yeah wicca is pretty cool like they just worship the universe slash nature and that's it they yeah that's the thing with wicca really they're really uh, into nature and spirits and stuff and that's why a lot of environmentalists have been wiccans like they've campaigned for environmentalism since the 1970s and apart from that they've also championed causes like feminism like there's this bra- there's a number of different branches of wicca and one of the branches is like a feminist one where they believe that there's so uh, wicca for its majority is like 
a deotheistic religion. So they believe in a male god and a female goddess. But uh, this one sect only believes in the female goddess and uh, they have commons that are headed by only a high priestess. So yeah, that's that. Vika is pretty progressive. Yeah, I mean, like, this is exactly what religion is supposed to be, right? Like, it's supposed to give faith to people. It's supposed to help people, but it shouldn't hurt anyone. It shouldn't molest underage boys. (laughs) Referring to some other religions. But yeah, yeah, Vika, even though some people might be put off by the idea of magic, but some Vikans, like... Don't even say that it's necessary to believe in the supernatural to be a Wiccan. Like, they see magic as just some sort of exercise or, like, a sort of meditation. Like, you know and, how... And also, uh, also, like, prayer is just dignified magic. Like, you're you're trying to manifest stuff. If you look yeah, at yeah, yeah, Hindu but... rituals, then you're literally just trying to manifest stuff in the name of God. This is glorifying manifestation. That's why you you're you're able to take the moral high ground and talk about how manifestation and witchcraft is wrong. But yeah, that's exactly what there. There's a pretty blurred line between magic and prayer if you think about it. But yeah, we can see magic as uh, you know, as someone would see yoga. Like mm-hmm. if you if you perform yoga it doesn't necessarily make you a Hindu. So magic is the same way. Yeah, it's just like one of the rituals. It's up to you if you follow it or not. Yeah. And like the reason why we're defending it isn't that we are Wiccans. Like, I I don't believe in religion. Allegedly. (laughs) Yeah, but you spoke of Aleister Crowley. So to anyone who doesn't know who Aleister Crowley is, Aleister Crowley was this English occultist in the 20th and like late 19th century. He was born in 1875, I think, and he was he was just this uh, English occultist who was like really really famous, and he's been a significant part of pop culture since the 60s. Um, when he was young, he traveled to Loch Ness, he traveled to Mexico, he traveled to India, just to you know uh, study the local rituals and stuff. And he founded his own religion called um, Thelema. And uh, his whole thing was based on this vision that his wife had in Egypt that um, uh, he was supposed to lead the world into the aeon of uh, Horus. Horus, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, so aeon is basically that. Um, According to a particular belief, history can be divided into eight sections, and each of them is called an aeon. So it's like aeon of Horus, aeon of uh, yeah, it's like the Hindu belief of uh, like yogas, like yeah, yeah, Kali Yoga, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty much that. So he believed that he was supposed to lead the world into the uh, aeon of Horus. And so, yeah, that's basically what he tried to do. He wrote a lot of stuff. And um, he was a very shady figure, but also a very interesting figure. Yeah. I mean, Charles Manson kind of did the same thing, too. Charles Manson is like a fucked up version of Alistair Crowley. But he yeah, believed there would yeah. be a new age as well, after like a racial war or something, whatever you believe. Yeah, but, but then the difference is that Alistair Crowley fascinated the Beatles and Mason disgusted the Beatles. Yeah, definitely. 
But yeah, Charles Manson is definitely a weird dude as well. Like, he has ties with the occult. And uh, one thing is that he doesn't believe, he, like, even though he's in prison at the moment, he doesn't believe he's, he's in prison, something like that, because he believes that, you know, as long as you have your mind, you can't really be imprisoned. He just has a lot of weird beliefs. Yeah, but then that's honestly scary, right? Because, like, um, prison is supposed to be a reformative center, basically. Like, yeah. it's, it's supposed to teach people how to be able to live in the real world and, like, how to not be, like, what they yeah, were. that's the thing. It might sound like a soft stance to some people, but prison is essentially supposed to be more about uh, rehabilitation than punishment. Yeah, it shouldn't be about punishment. But then that's the thing. Like, he's in prison and he essentially doesn't believe he did anything wrong. <laughs> So they have to keep him in prison because if he believes that he didn't do anything wrong, then you you can't possibly get him out. Yeah, if he ever gets out, he's gonna do the same thing because in his eyes, he's right. Yeah. Yeah, but getting back to Alistair Crowley, he he's such an interesting figure. Like some people say that he was a part of British intelligence and like he remained a part of British intelligence until he died. Yeah, he was a spy during World War Two. Essentially, that's what some people believe. Yeah, and even in the First World War, like, uh, during the First World War, Aleister Crowley was in the United States, and he was supporting Germany, like, he was painting, and he was just, he was supporting uh, German movements against England, Uh and then he later revealed that he was actually infiltrating pro-German movements on part of the British intelligence services. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, like, I... Crowley's main belief, like his main thing was do what the world. And I mean, while that's commonly seen as an expression of like freedom and liberty, do what the world, but uh Crowley saw it more as a form of indulgence and you know uh do basically doing whatever the fuck you want instead of doing what the world. Yeah, like our belief is that do whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm anyone else, but he forgot the last part. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and like Aleister Crowley, even though occult and witchcraft, it's mostly seen in a negative light. But then when I was reading about Aleister Crowley, he just comes across as this really progressive figure. He did uh, so much he, weird stuff. He, he did like recreational drug use. And then he attempted to climb, climb Kanchanchung or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he tried to uh, climb Mount K2. Yeah. But he, he failed... Yeah, <laughs> naturally. Naturally. Yeah, he he was bisexual. He was a dom when he was with women, but like he was passive when he was with men, and that was like supposed to appeal to his masochist side. Um, and yeah, he he was supposed like when I was reading about him, he just appeared to be this really really progressive figure until I trolled down. Obviously, um, he was anti-abortion. He was sexist. He was anti-Semitic. And do you know the reason why he was sexist? Why was he sexist? Like, first of all, he was, uh, like, obviously he lived in Victorian England. So, um, like, women were seen as secondary creatures. But also, he had a bad relationship with his mother. So, mommy issues. Mommy issues. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And... This is interesting, but like this happened in the 21st century. BBC poll, like there was a BBC poll 
which rated him as the 73rd greatest Briton of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. And, like, influences, like, uh, stuff that he's influenced, it's really, really famous. Like, so much stuff that he's influenced is a very prevalent part of pop culture today. Yeah, definitely. He's on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. Yeah, and there's a song called After All by David Bowie, which has the lyric, Live till your rebirth and do what you will. And it is often cited as a homage to occultist Alistair Crowley and his dictum, Do what thou will. Yeah, it obviously is a reference to that. And if you're talking about people that Alistair Crowley has influenced, we have to talk about Led Zeppelin. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's obviously the fact that Jimmy Page, uh, the guitarist of Zeppelin, he was obsessed with Alistair Crowley. Like, he had a huge preoccupation with him. And he also bought one of his properties, and he lived on it for a while. But then he sold it because he got, quote-unquote, bad vibes from it, which is like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, like, um, one of Jimmy Page's uh, childhood friends used to live there. Like, Jimmy Page owned the house, but then his friend used to live there. And he lived there for about 20 years. I guess maybe Jimmy Page sold it to him or something. But then he lived there for 20 years. And the doors were constantly opening and closing. Overnight, his um, rugs would be piled on top of each other. And it was such a common occurrence that they just brushed it off by saying that Alistair is up to it again. (laughs) I mean, that is definitely spooky, but then what did you expect when you bought the house of a commonly known occultist? Yeah, and like there are talks that um, obviously Alistair Crowley had orgies there. He had human, like he sacrificed humans there and shit. But like... Um, the idea of having she... a stout bald man having orgies is very weird to me. <laughs> yeah. It's more unsettling than the occultism itself. Yeah, yeah, same. But, um, uh, like, when Jimmy Page was asked about it, he said that the house wasn't necessarily um, haunted by Aleister Crowley or, like, the cause of Aleister Crowley because there there had been a number of owners before him and um, there was a church on the land on top of which uh, his house was built. Yeah, there was a church which had burned down with the congregation still inside it. Damn. Yeah, why would you ever buy that house? Yeah, literally, I, I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah, speaking of Zeppelin, we have to talk about the ritual incident. So, um, in the 70s, apparently Led Zeppelin had this, like they did this ritual, Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, the lead vocalist, and uh, John Bonham, the drummer. They did this ritual in which they sold their soul to the devil in exchange for success. That's a common trope in music. Yeah, but then this this also, like, this is a slight side note, but then apparently there was this one band which was up and coming at the same time as Zeppelin, but then Jimmy Page did this ritual, and that band faced, like, tremendous failure. Like, they had so much tragedy happen with them, like, people died and shit. And no one knows the band now. The only reason why people know the band is because of the whole urban legend of Jimmy Page doing the Black Magic spell on them. 
that makes me have second thoughts about liking him. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So these people, like three out of four members of Led Zeppelin, they did this ritual in which they sold their soul to the devil, and uh, yeah, it had a lot of ill effects. Yeah, and interestingly, all of the band members who partook in the ritual, all three of them suffered adverse tragedies. Uh, like Jimmy Page fell into a destructive heroin addiction. For which he wouldn't come out of for many years, and it plagued the latter half of Zeppelin's career and also most of his live performances. Word to the wise: Don't watch Zeppelin at Live Aid. <laughs> and um, Robert Plant, he got into a bad car accident and he was in the wheelchair for a long time. And also, more tragically, his son died, and John Bonham obviously died himself. You know, alcohol addiction. So yeah, all three of them had really bad stuff happening to them in varying degrees. But the and only guy the who was the one member of Zeppelin who didn't have a tragedy happen to him. Yeah, was the one guy who didn't take part in the ritual. Yeah, John Paul Jones, the um, the bassist and the uh, the multi instrumentalist. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty much a multi instrumentalist. So yeah, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, all this stuff happened, and then um, there's this guy called Anton Levy, who's the founder of the Church of Satanism. So uh, Jimmy Page made a movie with Anton Levy. Like, uh, there's this director called Anger. Like his last name is Anger. He made a movie with Jimmy Page, and uh, Anton Levy was a part of it. And interesting fact, like. The director he offered Mick Jagger a role as Satan. Mick Jagger as a role as Satan. Yeah, like uh, Jagger was actually interested. In, Jagger is the um, frontman of the Rolling Stones. So um, yeah, Jagger was interested in the role, and like he thought that uh, occultism and witchcraft could be a part of the counterculture movement. But then, um, like in late. 1969 uh, there was this one show in which uh, this biker gang called hell's angels were hired to protect uh, the rolling stones like during a concert and then this one fan had a gun and so the gang killed him and that's pretty much the death of the hippie movement which started in 1967 like the summer of love that's where it ended uh-huh. and so when that happened um, Mick Jagger started distancing himself from Anger, and then eventually Anger gave the role to Chris Jagger, who is Mick Jagger's brother, I believe. Damn, but Mick Jagger doesn't look intimidating in the least, but like he would just be annoying as the devil. Yeah, but then that uh, have you seen the rock and roll circus thing, like oh. Rolling Stones? Okay, yeah, he looks cool in that, but not as the devil. Yeah, so uh, to anyone who hasn't seen it. There's this part in which they're performing a song called "Sympathy for the Devil," and then uh, Mick Jagger takes his shirt off and, like, he has just sprawled satanic symbols on his back. Yeah, that that is a pretty cool part. Like, I have to admit. Yeah, so that that's that. And the last thing that we need to talk about concerning Led Zeppelin is the whole "Stairway to Heaven" um, controversy. Oh yeah, in like the seventies, especially there was a lot of panic around. Uh, it was called the Satanic Panic, basically, and 
a lot of like one of the groups targeted was uh, rock musicians because obviously the adults hated rock music and so they just went around reversing a lot of uh, popular rock songs at the time and one of them was Stairway to Heaven by Zeppelin so basically when you re- reverse some of the lyrics it allegedly says my sweet satan and 666 it's pretty creepy but then it it easily sounds like it, it was just a coincidence yeah like uh, there's this part in Stairway to Heaven like if there's a bustle in your head scroll that part so if you play it backwards it apparently says Cheers to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. He will give those with him 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer, sad Satan. That is so fucking creepy, holy shit. Yeah, but do you know what uh, Jimmy Page said when he was asked about this? What did he say? He was like, it's already hard writing songs one way around and now yeah, we have to yeah. write them two ways. <laughs> and also like uh you've heard i'm so tired by the beatles right yeah 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 so there was this whole conspiracy theory that paul mccartney died in a car crash in 1966 oh yeah the so, whole paul is that thing holy fuck yeah so john john lennon wrote i'm so tired uh, on their retreat to rishi cage in 1968 and so um in that song between verses he just mumbles and like if you listen to outtakes you can hear that he's clearly just mumbling gibberish but then the studio version if you played backwards it has an uncanny resemblance to the words paul is a dead man i miss him miss him miss him miss him wow but i mean there's a lot of uh, paul is that stuff in beatles songs like at the end of strawberry fields he actually says cranberry sauce but a lot of people are like oh he's saying i buried paul which is a completely yeah. different thing i mean uh, the cover of uh, you know the not the cover but like the picture inside the cover of uh, sergeant papers like paul is the only one looking away from the camera like his back is towards the camera yeah even abi wrote paul is the only one who's walking without shoes yeah, so apparently he's supposed to be the corpse or something he has a cigarette and he's barefoot so it's supposed to signify that it's his funeral procession Yeah, it's just it's just made up crazy shit by fans. It's just a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk more about Anton Lavey, whom you mentioned earlier. So Anton Lavey was this uh, author and philosopher, and also the founder of the Church of Satanism, which is like one of the biggest institutions of Satanism. So uh, he wrote this thing called the Satanic Bible, and The Satanic Bible is arguably what I believe to be the most misinterpreted book ever, because obviously people would just look at it and read the word Satanic Bible and they would dismiss it or they would even be scared of it as something evil. But if you read into it, the Satanic Bible is actually very interesting and completely contrary to what people would assume of it at first glance. And this actually was Lavey's intention. Like he wrote the Satanic Bible in a deliberate attempt to piss the church off, and it clearly worked. Yeah, I mean, like, there's literally nothing satanic about the satanic church. It's just, yeah, basically what you said. It's just to piss off the church. Yeah, so there's two divisions in satanism. One is theistic, and one is atheistic satanism. So theistic satanism is people who actually believe in Satan and the devil, and they believe that such an entity actually exists. But atheistic satanism, which is arguably the 
bigger part of satanism they are mostly just atheists who rally behind the image of satan as you know the main antagonist of the church so they use them to criticize the church because obviously who hates the ch- who hates uh whom does the church hate more than satan yeah yeah it makes a lot of sense like see if you look at atheistic um satanism it's basically a way of life it isn't really a religion it's just a lifestyle that's you know explained to people and that's essentially what religion used to be like if you take a look at hinduism even with the etymology of the word it isn't a religion it's just the lifestyle that the people living near the indus river used to follow yeah even the vedas it like it doesn't even talk about religion that much it talks more about how you should live the ideal way of living and yeah. stuff like that i mean obviously there is some religious aspect to it but it's mostly just how one should be living i mean we interpret those parts as religious now because we have religion for context so like they like i'm pretty sure they're talking about this but then they could be talking about something else uh huh yeah that 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 could be that's plausible yeah so basically religion uh yeah not very good but that's a separate argument so yeah atheistic satanism uh contrary to popular belief they do not literally worship the devil and in fact they don't even believe in god and satan as actual entities they're basically just glorified atheists even lavi in the satanic bible says that god and satan are actual entities but they're just projections of an individual's own personality like again the ancient struggle of good and evil yeah i mean have you seen that uh, picture like there's a black circle this is evil there's a white circle this is um you know whatever this is good and then there's this black circle with a white circle inside it this is good and evil no 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 it's it's going to lead up to, to yin and yang like it's like this is good and evil this is evil and good and then they show both of them together and it's the yin yang and then it's like this is life yeah it is like that real life is like that it can't just be there's no clear distinction between good and evil and yeah, there's they, no objective not good and objective is black and white like there's a lot of gray area and a lot of things yeah yeah like people do bad things for good reasons like if you take a look at someone like shendler you know he was breaking the law it's supposed to be a bad thing but then he was saving the also jews also saving lives yeah yeah it is subjective in some cases but yeah yeah so the satanic bible a lot of it is just uh, criticizing or even sometimes mocking christianity and the 10 commandments so there's obviously the popular saying by christ that uh, if someone slaps you on one cheek you turn the other one but you have gandhi gandhi says that an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind no but like munna bhai does he say that on munna bhai ha like sanjay is like bapu ne mujhe bola koi ek gal pe chaata mara to dusra dusra gal aage ka
But anyway, cry is basically so that if someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other one. But Levi retorted to that by saying in the Satanic Bible, if a man smite thee on the uh, one cheek, smash him on the other. <laughs> if, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. Mahatma Gandhi, suck my dick. He basically ripped Jesus off on that. Yeah, but I was right. Mannabhai was right. Mannabhai was right. But yeah, also a major part of the Satanic Bible is also refuting the golden rule. So the golden rule, uh, everyone knows of it, but most people don't know it's called the golden rule. But it's this popular, uh, I guess you would call it a maxim, which says that treat others how you would like to be treated. But Levi instead argued that not all people actually deserve kindness and good things. So you should only treat people good when they actually deserve it, which is understandable. I don't believe in the golden rule either. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Wait, just a slight side note. Um, conservatives shouldn't be given internet access. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I just looked up if someone slaps you on one cheek, like I just looked up these words and I went to images, right? To yeah. see who actually said the words. And there's this uh, picture of Jesus Christ saying, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, slap them on their cheek 10 times harder. And do you know what it says under that? What does what it say under that? Book of Trump. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, and then like there's this caption kind of thing, liberal identity. That's so lame. Yeah, yeah, getting back to the Church of Satan. Yeah, moving on. There's also a satanic statement. So there's satanic rules and there's satanic statements and one of them also refutes the golden rule. It says that Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Yeah, and also like uh, if someone slaps in the right cheek or for the other cheek also, that's Matthew 5.39. But then there's this other quote from the Bible. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. And this is Exodus 21, 23 to 25. Yeah, no one talks about the second part. Yeah, that, yeah, it's like way later in the Bible. Uh-huh. But yeah, apart from that, uh, the, the Satanic Bible surprisingly also puts a lot of stress on the ideas of liberty and freedom. Like, um... Satanists have this idea of free love, which means that you can uh, express yourself sexually in spite of any constraints put forth by society. And even Levy himself, he openly welcomed homosexual members into his organization, which was revolutionary for that time. Like which other religion, at least the mainstream one that you can think of that actually promotes free sexual expression, no one else. Yeah, you know, even if now they're like, it was never against, like, we were never against it. Even if you were never against it, Anton Levy was promoting it. He was yeah, calling them between, and, like... There's a difference between uh, not being against it and openly promoting it. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Anton Levy just looks like the coolest person ever. Like, he looks like the guy from Brody's. <laughs> What's his name? Raghuram Rajan. <laughs> but yeah, he looks like a Satanist, like short, bald guy with a beard. What else would you expect? My coaching teacher looks like him. <laughs> but yeah, he he welcomed. He 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 was big on the idea of free love, and that's why mainstream media turned it around on him. 
they were like free love or oh, all these people are basically pedophiles and homosexuals then says the catholic church that yeah this says the catholic church the irony <laughs> but that's where the whole idea of satan as being pedophiles comes from <laughs> this is just I mean, like you know a contorted I mean, idea of the free love there's uh, a difference between being a satanist and worshiping satan yeah there is most people don't get that yeah and like just worship whoever you want but like the way i see it right now is like <laughs> worshiping satan if you're seriously worshiping satan like unironically that's kind of scary to me cuz he's like shown us the most evil figure ever mm-hmm. and you know if, obviously it it doesn't work any more than uh, you know worshiping to god works but then it's it's the intention behind it right yeah because like you believe that it's going to work and you you believe that you're praying to the most evil figure that has ever existed and then you do it anyway yeah that is mildly concerning mm-hmm. but yeah even the sexual freedom part like uh so uh levi was big on indulgence like there's a lot of philosophy behind uh, satan's teachings as well so there's a number of this epicureanism epicurus was this uh ancient greek philosopher and he was basically a hedonist but not really like hedonism is the idea that uh, pleasure is the ultimate goal of human existence but uh you could easily like you know misinterpret misinterpret that as you know doing anything you want just to uh attain pleasure like just drink as much as you want eat as much food as you want and like indulge yourself sexually to the maximum but epicurus actually said you should you should strive for pleasure but also maintain a simple lifestyle which yeah that is understandable so there's epicureanism there's also the teachings of ayn rand which i don't really agree with but she has this thing called objectivism which says that uh human morality should basically be uh concerned with their own progress something like that basically being a selfish asshole <laughs> and like a lot of people have discredited rand's work so that's one uh, criticism i mean you obviously cannot promote all the aspects of something so that's one criticism i have of satanism that it actually the interesting part is that a lot of right wingers and capitalists uh, are fans of ayn rand because of the whole amoral thing to achieve your goals also i i also believe that the only uh, system in which you could in which that could happen was like ultimate individualist free capitalism like laissez faire capitalism where there's like no government intervention you can do whatever the fuck you want so that is disturbing yeah it is it is it is yeah but epicureanism as a foundation for satanism seems like a cool idea yeah and isn't there like uh, there are principles of satanism right and isn't there one of like uh, the principles on basis of which you can get ruled out of satanism and like one of them is lack of aesthetics yeah lack of aesthetics is a part of satanic sins and that is genuinely so cool and also the most important one like the cardinal sin you can commit in satanism do you know what that is more it's stupidity that's the first and foremost thing <laughs> There's stupidity, there's pretentiousness, and there's self-deceit, self-deceit, and there's uh, herd mentality, and all that. Basically, since that you can agree with, but uh, yeah, like, we believe they, that they aren't really like. If you look at it, they aren't wrong morally, but then you know, if as a lifestyle, it makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, yeah, again. And we believe that Christian sins are actually bullshit because, you know, Satan believes in indulgence instead of abstinence. Yeah, and also, like, okay, so I'm not saying that it's an excuse for anyone to do anything bad, but, like, uh, with the Christian stuff and also with, like, this is... Uh, this is something I disagree uh, with, like, cancel culture on, which is, like, if someone does something bad at the age of 16, it's it's absolutely wrong. It's absolutely wrong, and they shouldn't have done it. And, you know, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, they aren't being let go just because of it, but, like, they shouldn't be held accountable for it 30 years later because people change. Too political, bro, unfollowed. <laughs> yeah but then it's like if you take if you take a look at celebrities tweets from 10 15 years ago they're wrong i'm not justifying their tweets they're wrong but then you have to give people a chance to like change you know because people do change yeah obviously growth and maturity are concepts that exist that's where the levains uh, of uh herd conformity would come in yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Satanism basically rejects all Christian sins because it believes in indulgence instead of abstinence. But again, indulgence not at the cost of somebody's harm. So it, you know how uh, Christian sins are like abstain from sex before marriage. Uh, Satanism is basically like you can have sex whenever you want. You can express yourself sexually. Uh, you can have that extra glass of wine at dinner. All of that, but not at the cost of harming somebody. And that's something I agree with. And other than that, it has other cool principles as well. Like, so th- there's other organizations as well, like other than the Church of Satan. There's uh, the Temple of Set, and there's the Satanic Temple. And I think one of them, the Temple of Set, is really big on the idea of the ch- separation of church and state. So in Oklahoma State, like the state capitol building in the U.S., uh, they were going to erect a monument of the Ten Commandments. So uh, the Temple of Set decided to erect a statue of uh, a pagan god next to it. Because if uh, they can erect the Ten Commandments, and obviously even Satanists can do the same thing, they were basically trying to, uh, you know, um, make a statement about uh, religious interference within uh, state affairs. Because obviously yeah. you cannot erect a, a religious monument at a building which conducts government affairs. So yeah, they, they were planning to do that. Yeah, and I think separation of state and, you know, religion should be like one of the biggest concerns yeah, in our democracy. Thing, uh, like there was this uh, church minister, like the Westboro Baptist church minister, and on his grave, uh, they decided to hold a satanic gay wedding, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of out there, but it's funny. <laughs> they did just to piss that's them off and yeah that's the thing in most cases satanists aren't inherently evil they're just trying to piss the church off the, the author of frankenstein lost her virginity on top of her mom's grave Should, yeah 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 i read about that like very recently yeah yeah th- that is fucked up but also cool yeah yeah, but also in the Satanic Bible, there's a lot of Satanic uh, rules and statements that are pretty cool. Like, uh, one of the rules is, uh, the first one is do not give opinions or advice unless you are asked, which is something I couldn't agree with more. 
But the most important one is do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal, which is so cool yeah. for an evil bug. Like, how can an evil bug say such a thing? <laughs> and do not harm little children and do not kill non-human animals unless for food or you are attacked by them. Like, all of this stuff. I can't believe how an inherently evil religion would say all of this. Yeah, while, you know... <laughs> um... If you uh, we are attack like we're not trying to attack the Catholic Church, but it's just like it's the most famous religion, so as to say. Um, they are molesting children and you know eating turkey on Thanksgiving is a tradition. So, like yeah, you have to tell us which is the most that so-called followers of Satanism have promulgated. Yeah, like, you get to decide who has a stronger moral compass. Yeah. And there's so many misconceptions. Like, uh, also the idea of, like, symbols of death associated with Christianity, that they're obsessed with, like, skulls and tombstones and crossbones. Apparently, the idea is not because those objects are evil, but Livy explains that he surrounds himself with such object objects because of the idea of memento mori. Like, the fact that we're all going to die one day. So it reminds him of the inevitability of death. Because that's the thing, in, in mainstream religions, it's just that you're going to die. And after that, what happens after that is what matters. The afterlife is what matters. But in Satanism, yeah, and, they and want you to like, be more rational. And, mm -hmm. you know, what you do in this life matters. So, uh, remember that you're going to die one day. And also, like, knowing that death is the end, it's also like, this is, it, it gives you a moral compass. Like, people say that the idea of afterlife gives you more of a moral compass, but I don't think so. Because, like, see, if you take a look at someone who knows that they're going to die, but think that they might have to, like, they, that they might have an afterlife where they're going to live the rest of eternity, just take a look at the Egyptians. They used to take stuff with them when they died. <laughs> Yeah, they like, used to bury them with, like, gold and fucking perfect, and whatnot. Perfectly good stuff that other people were dying for. Yeah. But, like, if you... if It's just that death is the end. It's not like if you take something with you, it's gonna be there with you in the supposed afterlife. Arguably. Know? But even if the afterlife does exist or it doesn't, that doesn't matter because the life you live right now is still important. Yeah, because like that's just an idea. You do, you aren't sure if it exists or not, but we are sure that the life that you're living right now exists. Yeah. Just live it. Yeah. This episode turned philosophical pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like ending the whole Satanist topic, I would just like to say that uh, it just proves that the term Satanist has just become some sort of a buzzword to level baseless allegations for like religious or political motives. Like even the Salem witch trials part, apparently like uh, one of the girls who was a victim and the other one who was accused of being a perpetrator, like even their families had beef. So that could have played a part as well. So basically it's just, even like the media, a lot of the misconceptions about Satanism was propagated by mainstream media. So there you have it. And most people just ignored uh, what Satanists actually thought because of the whole societal taboo and the fear surrounding it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Like, just because the name is Satanism doesn't mean that it's an inherently evil religion. Yeah, yeah. 
because like if you if you look at it from you know the standard religion kind of way it isn't even really a religion most of it at least yeah they're atheists they deny the existence of god yeah so um stepping away from uh, satanism and like going back to witchcraft um uh, i just want to talk about like how many types of witches are out there because like there are categorizations of witches tell us yeah so like five to six kinds of witches exist the first kind is cosmic witches which are like the the kind that uh, you know worship the universe they believe in astrology and zodiac signs and all that stuff the uh-huh. se- the second kind are like divination witches uh which like all 13 year old girls are cosmic witches then <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i killed your father i'm such a capri sun <laughs> yeah divination witches which basically believe in like material objects basically like tarot cards and like palm reading all that stuff uh-huh. uh then see witches which like believe in aquatic powers and like you know they believe in lunar magic because like the moon influences the sea tides all that stuff i mean it does yeah it does but then like they believe in magic or spirits related right okay yeah then green witches which like we've already talked about in vicca which like believe in like uh, uh, nature like uh, they don't believe in nature they believe in magic in nature yeah arguably the coolest ones yeah you you might want to save that because the next one seems kind of cooler to me like these are the stereotypical witches these are called kitchen witches what's a kitchen witch like they make portions and stuff oh, okay yeah and i take that back this is cooler yeah like it kitchen witches are just like they're direct descendants of the original kitchen witches like it's just passed down generation to generation and because of this there isn't much information available online about kitchen witches like all the traditions and stuff are just passed down oh yeah it's hereditary yeah and the sixth kind it's it's not really a separate kind because like there are parts of it and all the other kinds of witches but like the witches who believe in elemental magic so basically what exactly is elemental magic can you elaborate yeah okay so the zodiac signs right like all of them are divided into four elements which is like earth water fire and wind uh-huh and so like mine is earth for example like it actually is earth but huh so i i like the element which is related to earth is crystals so i i am supposedly able to move crystals can you i tried i can't <laughs> yeah no shot yeah so like but apparently <clears throat> apparently people can do it like it takes a lot of practice but like you can move crystals and stuff um the water signs can move water uh the fire signs can like move flames and like smoke and that kind of stuff wind uh, that's pretty lame honestly the wind ones was like <laughs> that kind of moves by itself i mean i think magic is cool and i try to keep an open mind and stuff but still sometimes yeah <laughs> like yeah. even with the morning yeah, lights thing like why would you take something that is proven scientifically and then make it magic it just doesn't make sense to me yeah 
uh, and like also there's this concept in witchcraft which is like the three times rule so anything you do yeah, like yeah it's like karma but different yeah karma but like um uh, what do you call it like threefold ex- exponential yeah yeah so uh, basically anything that you try to do using witchcraft is going to come back to you like the and the magnitude it's going to be three times the thing that you did like if you try to do something good for someone something thrice as good is going to happen to you if you try to do something bad to someone something thrice as bad is going to happen to you yes yeah, also saying most of these like neo pagan cultures at least they they do not believe, like they they're against black magic they mostly believe in magic for good or not necessarily good but something that doesn't harm anyone else yeah just, it's just supposed to help you like if you take a look at manifestation right manifestation is arguably the same thing as like uh, religious rituals you're just trying to get something you yeah, want yeah you're praying for something to happen yeah and even if you don't believe in religion then like uh, you know how people are like vibes influence what happens to you so you should like keep positive vibes and stuff it's basically oh, the same thing positive vibes doomer hu bhai yeah but you know the whole what go no not what uh, wait yeah but like the whole thing like uh, you get like you're attracted Uh, what you're like constantly think about all that kind of stuff yeah yeah energies and stuff yeah so manifestation is pretty much the same thing and like in most cases most cases not all cases it doesn't harm anyone <laughs> so yeah allegedly but yeah the thing is like even though some of this i call bullshit but you should still keep an open mind like even uh like even the definition of esotericism it's basically anything uh in like western society that is not a uh, mainstream judeo christian stuff so that is it they're basically calling anyone other than themselves uh esoteric and like esoteric has evolved into like this weird idea of like you know weird mysticism and magic and stuff but it's just different cultures that are not you know jews or christians Yeah, I mean, like, Abrahamic religions really do exclude people who aren't a part of them, you know. Yeah, even like Sufism is like esoteric in a way. It's like a part of Islam, but they're kind of different. Like, they do spinning dances and shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So before we finish up, there's this story I want to tell you. Like, it's a true story. um so there's this friend i have so um her great grandmom like her maternal great grandmom and like obviously her grandparents her great grandparents they had a house somewhere and like they they had bought it themselves like it wasn't inherited they bought it themselves and they had like paperwork and shit which proved that it was theirs mm-hmm. but there was this eccentric like ex- i'm using eccentric as an adjective it's not actually reflective of the lady's mental state but like there was this weird lady who used to live near them who mm-hmm. claimed that the land was hers and um yeah so basically she just kept trying to you know 
uh, take over the land and they obviously didn't let her because why would they they have paperwork to prove that it's theirs right and so this lady she practiced witchcraft and uh, she used to do witchcraft every evening and then you know when you're done with witchcraft you, you do it using some materials and then you know whatever like flowers spices or whatever you know what i mean yeah so she would take those things like flowers and leaves together and then she would come and throw them into their like house or complex damn yeah and these people didn't think much of it they just like cleaned it away what is the thing she was just dumping flowers for no reason like they didn't think that anything would actually happen you know like this is This is yeah, yeah. some weird lady next door throwing flowers. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, all that happened, and then suddenly, um, the the husband fell sick. He mm-hmm. like he he fell sick, and his health started deteriorating a lot, like rapidly deteriorating. And before this, he was a perfectly healthy man, like. he used to watch his weight and like he used to eat healthy and he used to go for jogs and stuff and then one day the man dies damn yeah and it's uh, like you might think that's not suspicious like you obviously won't think that that's not suspicious but to any like any of you who think that it's not suspicious he was only 45 that is very young to die like all of a sudden at least yeah and he was perfectly healthy and then uh, this lady takes them to court claiming that it's her land and despite all the paperwork she wins wow that is definitely weird like i view things from a skeptic point of view mostly but it's stuff like this that i don't really know how to explain yeah like i don't believe in the paranormal and i don't believe in witchcraft per se but then there's some stuff that you just can't Yeah, I said like, the whole without... open mind thing, but I do believe that there is a rational explanation for everything. But then sometimes there just isn't. Yeah, like this this story is three generations old. Maybe we are missing on some facts. But with the stuff that's told to us, it makes zero sense. Yeah. Unless we take in a supernatural factor. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to, but then again. Yeah. In conclusion, the people of Salem were probably just bored. Satanism isn't as evil as you thought it was, and the system has been lying to you. And um, don't worship the devil. Don't buy an occultist house. And if a weird neighbor throws flowers at you, please get them arrested. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week.